On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, Tesla takes two paint colors off of the menu. Can you guess which two? Plus, another dual motor Model 3 price increase, executive team changes at Tesla, a new way to buy Model 3 for a select group of reservation holders, and more. What's happening, friends? Ryan McCaffrey with you for episode 163 of the weekly Tesla unofficial podcast. I call it Ride the Lightning. It is September 16th, 2018. Plenty coming up on this week's podcast. I wanted to start, though, uh, with a quick little anecdote from the week that was uh, just brought a huge smile to my face. I'll talk more about the Spirit of Adventures adventures later on after the news and after the Ride the Lightning hotline. But real quick... I was taking my daughter to school as I do every weekday, and we were sort of leaving our neighborhood, and I came up to a stop, a stop sign, and there was a, a crosswalk there, and a mom with, uh, I believe, like, an, I think she might have had an infant with her, but then she was holding the hand of her, her son, uh, a little boy, couldn't maybe around five or so, and he, so they're crossing in front of me, I'm stopped right there. And the, the little boy, the boy's just eyeing the car, eyeing the car. And then as, as he's walking by, like in a sort of stealth way, like up against his body so that it's not, it's not, his hand's not sticking out, sort of up against his body. It's almost like so his mom can't see it. He's giving a thumbs up, like continuously as he walks by. And it just, I, I, I uh, had the window down, I uh, happened to have the window down. It was a nice morning. Put my hand, uh, arm out and gave him a thumbs up and a big smile. We were both smiling and it was just, it was just the coolest thing I have to say, because as you know, like kids don't have a filter either way when they're that little, they just, you know, they're, they're not, they're not going to do that just to be polite. They're only going to give you a thumbs up like that if they, if that's what they're actually feeling. So that, that thumbs up from that kid totally made my day. Like if, if more people in the world were, you know, just, that nice to each other, it'd be great. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, I just thought that was that was fun. And then uh, when I tweeted that this week, I got a lot of other interesting, similar stories from other people, which was just like the most positive little interaction of the day. That nice, what a nice little Twitter thread. And then even better, moments later after that, I come up uh, and another another red Model Three turned onto the same street, coming towards me from the opposite way. And that the the driver like throws up rock and roll devil horns, and I wave out of the car. I was just like, "Yes, this is great. I love it." So, um, on a similar note, the Model Three wave that I've been trying to get going. Uh, that is off. I am not doing that anymore. I'll explain more later in the show we'll, we'll, that there's going to be some context for it. We'll talk about it later. But uh, anyway, let's talk about some Tesla news, because as usual, there is plenty of it. Starting this week with uh, what I think is the biggest story of the week, two paint colors across all three Tesla vehicles are going away. And I'll give you a quick moment. Think about which two of the, what, seven that they have, do you think they might get rid of? Well, you probably guessed the regular silver. Metallic silver would be one of them. That would have been my first guess. And sure enough, that is going away again. That actually went away once before with the Model S. I think it was in the pre-Model X days that had gone away and then come back. And then the second color that's going away 
is Obsidian Black Metallic, which is the premium black that has some uh, nice metallic flake in it, if you've ever gotten a look at it up close. So that those two are going away. Let me read you the details. This was in an email to reservation holders. Quote, in order to increase our production, delivery, and service efficiency, we will be removing metallic silver and obsidian black metallic as paint options from our online vehicle configurators for Model S, Model X, and Model 3. This will be effective on Thursday, September 13th. That's already happened. Uh, after which, metallic silver and obsidian black metallic will only be offered as limited edition colors via a special request at a cost of $2,000 only until Friday, September 21st. So that is this next Friday. So there you go. If you want them, you're going to have to really want them. Tesla is actually trying to discourage people from ordering them by uh, making them even more expensive than they, they have been before they're put on the shelf for at least the foreseeable future. Now, my take on this, obviously the data must tell them that these are the least popular paint choices and have been for a while, um, which is not surprising to me because, I mean, metallic silver, the relative unpopularity amongst Model 3 orders on that has been pretty well documented by the community, actually, in uh, small sample size surveys and also uh, community-sourced, sort of community-crowdsourced spreadsheet trackers with people's different configurations. And then Obsidian Black has certainly been around a while, quite a while, on Model S and Model X, but it had only just come online for Model 3. Um, I, I tell you, I mean, it's it's... I get what they're doing and why they're doing it, you know, Tesla, but Tesla, I mean, they already offered a pretty small number of paint options in the grand scheme of things. So this brings them down to five paint options. That is not very many options at all, but I'll say this, you know, again, this, I'll, I'll be upfront as I always am. I'm a Tesla fanboy. I'm, I'm going to default to giving them the benefit of the doubt. So, you know, in, in service of the greater goal for Tesla as a company of ramping up production and becoming more efficient with production and getting more cars out and becoming profitable and becoming a, a, a sustainable company that, you know, I'm okay with it. But I, what I do think on the flip side, I do think this needs to be temporary in some way, if not, not this exact thing, but you know, I'm not saying these two paint colors specifically need to come back someday, but I really do hope that Tesla brings more paint color choices online in the coming year or two at the most. I, if I've, if I may, I'd like to vote for a maybe like a slightly lighter green than the very nice but almost just black. That's how dark the original green was that was offered in the early, early days, the first days of the Model S. Uh, the other colors, so the the other colors that have fallen by the wayside from Tesla over the years, and I'm not going to count the original Roadster because that was all handled by Lotus. Those were basically all Lotus, mostly Lotus colors, but just Tesla factory, Tesla manufactured vehicles, so SX and 3. We have, of course, Signature Red, has uh, it has never appeared on Model Three, and it was a limited run uh, uh, color by design 
for SNX. So you've got Signature Red that is up on the shelf, seemingly never to return, at least not anytime soon. The uh, now Metallic Silver and Obsidian Black, and then the original green from the Model S, the original brown from the Model S. So if you, those, you know, I, I get to see them every now and again. I will say, I, f- I feel like I see green more often than I see brown uh, around here in, you know, Tesla territory. Brown is uh, anecdotally, I-, I would say just based on what I have seen, brown had to have been the least popular color because I almost never see it. But you've got those. And then, of course, there was titanium silver metallic, which was the sort of uh, champagne colored uh, that was that was that was not offered for very long either on the S or on the uh, it was it was there in the beginning the early days of the Model X before going away. So uh, I tell you, Tesla, there the number of colors that are discontinued is I is it the same amount of the same number of colors they're currently offering? Signature red, green, brown, obsidian, black, metallic, and. Uh, and metallic silver. So yeah, they're they've discontinued as many colors over over the years as they're actually offering now. But uh, anyway, I did. I tried to tweet the question of whether or not this is temporary to Elon, and he did respond. However, he didn't respond to that specifically. Uh, what happened in the Twitter thread is another person replied to me asking Elon about it, and that person suggested. Well, hey Ryan, you could just wrap your car, you know, which they're, they're, they weren't being malicious or anything. I don't think they were just saying, "Hey, you could you could always wrap it." And I replied with a with a smiley face and just said, "Hey, I'm I'm very happy with my multi coat red." And Elon replied to that. And he jumped into the conversation at that point and said, "Love that red. We tried every possible way to make red look 3D without floating a special red tint in the primary gloss layer." But no way. We uh, we already we have to stop the whole paint shop for red, and it looks like an episode of Dexter in there. He's saying so. I thought that was pretty funny. So we'll see. Uh, hopefully, my suspicion is there is probably not an immediate plan. There is not a written down formal plan to bring these or any other colors online in the foreseeable future. This is. You know, their focus, as we know, profitability, efficiency, production ramp, that is that is the singular focus of this company right now. So, uh, But I suspect if, if I could actually get a hold of Elon, if he were here and I asked him the question, I bet you he'd say, yes, in time we will offer some more colors. I mean, at worst, I got to figure, there's no way the 200 thousand dollar or more roadster depending on your configuration that's due in 2020 there's no way they're just going to use the same five paint colors that they offer the on the rest of the the product line that car's got to have its own unique paint options maybe it might have it might overlap with some colors but i gotta figure it's gonna have some fun unique special stuff as well i mean I may have said this on the podcast before, but remember the $10,000 incredibly gorgeous silver paint job that the uh, Model 3 Alpha prototype had? I mean, with a, with a hypercar like that, with the, with the price tag being what it is, I could absolutely see Tesla offering something like that, a $10,000 paint job that just looks amazing on the next-gen Roadster. But that is 
neither here nor there. So uh, quickly to, to finish this topic, I had one other comment on this. If you have an Obsidian Black Model 3, which if you do, you're either expecting delivery soon or you're, you've just taken delivery because uh, I know when that color came online, the people, were, the people that ordered it uh, seemingly were waiting around a little while and those cars have started to deliver now. But I have to say, if you've got an Obsidian Black Model 3 in any configuration, whether it's P3D, 3D, or uh, long range, you've got yourself... What I what I consider to be the first Model Three unicorn configuration. The uh, the only other group of Model Threes that I would personally consider unicorns at this point would be the very early those first couple of thousand Model Threes that had the Alcantara headliner before the switchover that happened relatively early in production. So uh, I think those are the two unicorn groups that exist uh, on uh, on Model 3. I mean, you could maybe, I mean, you could possibly put metallic silver in there, but silver's been around since the beginning of Model 3. There, there are a good number of silver 3s out there, whereas obsidian black metallic Model 3, there are, it, it was, it's going to be offered for a total of a month, maybe two months, tops. So that's, that's a unicorn in comparison. So uh, other unicorns, I think, Model X and S, of course, Sig Reds, that's by design. I don't really count that necessarily. You could, but anyway. Uh, the, the one I mentioned earlier, Titanium Metallic Silver Model Xs. I consider those unicorns. I barely see any of those around because that color had come online before Model X started production. So there are more S's in that color out there, uh, particularly since the S production was in full swing when X came around. So... It was only there for the early part of the Model X life. Like, I don't think any Autopilot 2 titanium metallic silver Model Xs exist. I think it had been discontinued before then, because that was October 2016 when Autopilot 2 came around. So those are, there's, those are some, some Tesla unicorns, if you're thinking about it, which, like I said, I, I can't help but think about this stuff. Next up this week... Some not-so-great news for those of you who have not ordered your Model 3 yet and are interested in the all-wheel drive variant. The dual-motor option saw another price increase this week. As you'll recall, it went, it started at 5, then quickly went down to 4 before anybody could get their car delivered, then went back up to 5, and now it's up to $6,000. It is a $6,000 option this suggests two things to me. Tell me if you disagree, if, or if you call in if you have another theory here. Number one, I think that Tesla is turning another knob with an eye towards that profitability, clearly. If they, uh, they want to generate another $1,000 per dual motor order. Secondly, I've got to figure that they're getting enough dual motor Model 3 orders that they feel like people are just going to pay the extra thousand dollars even even after they just raised the price all re recently from four to five like they must be pretty confident that they're not gonna people are not going to skip this and just go with the the rear wheel drive long range car that they're gonna they're gonna pay the six uh, as opposed to you know Tesla losing potentially 
six grand on a five grand on a sale if somebody you know if that's a difference breaker for a difference maker and a decision breaker i guess for for certain people so there you go we'll see what happens now i know that pricing can vary by region with teslas but you know it's generally comes out to about the same everywhere when you account when you equalize the currencies so as such I have to say, I, I genuinely I feel really bad for international regions that haven't yet been order, been able to order Model 3 yet, despite the fact that many, many, many of you have been on the reservation list the entire time, just like Americans uh, have been. Because you folks in those international territories that can't order the car yet, you have now had to watch, just this week, you've had to watch two paint colors go away, and you've had to, uh, well, this week you've seen the price of dual motor increase and you saw it increase again, uh, increase before that very recently from four to five and from five now to six. So I have to say, I'm a little surprised with, with this, you know, clear lever pulling to get to, to try and get towards profitability. I'm surprised that they haven't notched the P3D price back up. After they, remember, they, they took it way down from its initial MSRP. Now, I'm not saying they would necessarily put it back where it originally was, but uh, I'm a little surprised that they haven't nudged that up a little bit uh, between where it is now and, and where it was originally before anybody could even take delivery of it. So not so great news there as far as customers go. If you're Tesla and trying to become profitable, Obviously, you, <laughs> you, you maybe you wouldn't say it's good news, but it's it's a you think it's a good move. So, um, yeah, feel, I I I trust Tesla that it's the best thing for the company, but it it really is a shame. I think again, particularly for those people, those of you out there who just have not had the opportunity to order yet. I'd love to see you guys get grandfathered in when you you know when the when the design studio first opens to you let's just use australia as an example because i know i have a lot of australian listeners like when the, when those of you who have had reservations for a long time um i i think it would be great if whatever the currency adjusted price is that it's it's adjusted to the original dual motor price now you're not going to get the colors back that's just not realistic but it sure would be nice if on that dual motor they they gave those uh, those longtime reservation holders in other territories a break, but that's just me. We'll see what happens. Speaking of Model Three, there was a quite the event that that sort of sprang up a little suddenly in Fremont last week. So at the delivery center, which is where I picked up my car, you could they had an event where you could instantly buy a Model Three. They just had a ton of them on the lot. Uh, there was an estimated 400 cars there from someone on Reddit. Now, from an, I'm going to read you a, a quote from a Reddit user in a second, but from, this is from Tesla. This is from the email that was sent out to Bay Area reservation holders about this. They said, quote, this weekend, meaning obviously last weekend, but this weekend we're hosting an exclusive delivery event in Fremont, California. As a future Model 3 owner in the Bay Area, you have the opportunity to come pick up your Model 3 sooner than expected. So here's some details of that event from the Tesla Motors Reddit. The user's name is gold underscore cup. So credit to that user who writes, quote, 
We just walked out of the event. It was pretty crowded and there were different lines for checking in, processing an order, or rescheduling the home delivery. Regarding the cars, there were about 10 to 16 cars in different colors. This might have been when, uh, when they were there. They hung a tag on the mirror for people to grab. So if you find a car that suits your color, build, interior preference, then you can grab that tag and head inside to process the order. I went in around 11 a.m. and most of them were sold out, i.e. the tags were missing. The ones that were left uh, out were either performance or all-wheel drive with white interior and 19-inch tires. A lot of black, uh, black and white, I think he's, this person, he or she, is referring to paint colors here. A lot of black slash white ones were on the lot, as opposed to interior colors. But quite a few of them were also sold. The event runs Saturday and Sunday from 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. They mentioned that they will be replenishing the stocks with more from their inventory, but they were still figuring that piece out, end quote. So thank you to Reddit user Gold Cup for that write-up of the uh, that first-person account of this event. So this seems to me uh, like kind of sort of a melding of a traditional car dealership scene and an Apple store. It's kind of the few, and you know, Tesla, the Tesla store experience is already kind of like an Apple store. So uh, it's, you know, it's, hey, oh, you have this model of this thing I want, I'll take it. But it happens to be a car, (laughs) not just a mass produced product like an iPad. And you have to fight other people on the lot for it, not not literally fight, at least I hope not. Now, also, I, I have to say, I would very much expect to see this again towards the end of Q4. And again, in that push for profitability, that seems to be the name of the game with the podcast this week. It's a central theme here. Um, especially, too, since that's going to be around the holidays. You know, people do like to buy cars around the holidays. I know the Model 3 is a little bit of a different scenario because it's all just reservation holders, people that have been on the list. It's not necessarily a an impulse holiday buy for the family. But uh, I would look for, I would personally not at all be surprised. I would look for another one of these. This is just me talking. This is not me passing along any inside information. But just my guess here is I would expect to see another one of these happen towards the end of Q4. Probably, I mean, if I had to guess, maybe either end of November or maybe early December, first, maybe second week tops. Uh, that's, I would just not at all be surprised there. So, uh, that was pretty interesting. If you, anybody out there happen to go to this and buy a car or try to buy a car, I would love to hear from you directly. If you wouldn't mind calling in to the ride the lightning hotline, which I'll give you the call in details for in a little while here. Next up this week, Jerome Guillen, a long time uh, senior staffer, I guess we can call him, I think he's been an executive before this technically, but uh, a longtime Tesla veteran has been promoted to the president of automotive. Elon writing on the Tesla blog this week, Jerome Guillen has been promoted to president of automotive, reporting directly to me. In his new role, Jerome will oversee all automotive operations and program management, as well as coordinate our extensive automotive supply chain. Jerome has made major contributions and acquired deep knowledge of Tesla's operations over the past eight years at our company, from being the first Model S program manager to managing all vehicle programs, then all vehicle engineering and worldwide sales and service. 
Recently, Jerome played a critical role in ramping Model 3 production, leading what almost all thought was impossible, creation of an entire high-volume General Assembly line for Model 3 in a matter of weeks. He's referring to GA4, a.k.a. the tent. Elon finishes by saying, quote, Before coming to Tesla, Jerome was responsible for creating and running the most successful semi-truck program in history at Daimler's Freightliner division, end quote. Oddly, this doesn't mention that Jerome also headed up the semi-program. I know he did, Elon did say that uh, he headed up all, uh, all vehicle programs, but he had been specifically championed as, as the leader of the Tesla semi-program, be, specifically because of his experience, his previous experience with Daimler. So I'm a little surprised Elon didn't mention that. But I guess the focus is not on the semi right now at the company, so thus the lack of a mention. But I do wonder, though, if he's still in that role given this promotion. I don't know. You know, I, I, you could kind of make the case either way. A couple of other executive notes from that same blog I wanted to pass along because uh, this was in response, by the way, to a couple of other executives leaving, which of course always makes news, like, and the, the Fudsters run wild with it. So Tesla posting a blog to say, hey, here's what we're doing. Those people left, and here's, here's the, the, new, uh, the new changes that we're making. They say, uh, Elon in the blog saying, quote, Kevin Cassekert has been promoted to VP of People and Places with responsibility for HR facilities, construction, and infrastructure development. Kevin's been with Tesla for six years and was previously VP of Infrastructure Development. Kevin led the construction and development of our Gigafactory in Nevada, turning what was a pile of rocks in the Sierra Nevada mountains into a factory employing 12,000 people with greater output than the entire rest of the world's battery factories combined in roughly three years. That is insanely badass. And th th those are Elon's words, by the way. That is not me. <laughs> also, uh, this is also from the blog. Chris Lester is being promoted to VP of Gigafactory Operations. In this role, he leads our production and manufacturing engineering at Giga. Before Tesla, Chris ran several ultra-high-volume factories at PepsiCo. And then Felicia Mayo, who is now the vice president of HR, who, quote, previously worked in senior HR roles at PwC and Oracle, and most recently was vice president of global talent acquisition and diversity for Juniper Networks. Then there's Lori Shelby, Tesla's VP of Environmental Health and Safety. She's been with Tesla for a year and after a 25-plus year career at Alcoa. Cindy Nicola, VP of, not spelled like Tesla, by the way, N-I-C-O-L-A for Cindy, VP of Global Recruiting came from Apple and before that EA, so video game company there, a little uh, crossover of my two worlds, prior to joining Tesla in 2015, and Dave Arnold has been promoted to Senior Director of Global Communications, having previously been at Virgin America. So there you go, you are now caught up on the comings and goings in the Tesla on the Tesla executive team. A couple more things to mention this week. Remember the Tesla wireless charger for, you know, the thing for your devices, the little handheld thing for your devices like smartphones, tablets, that I told you about a couple weeks back? Well, remember how it had vanished off of the website before I could even record the podcast? It turns out it had just sold out instantly. So now Tesla, it has they already have re-added it. It's, it was there as of when I recorded the podcast. But they mentioned 
that they're ordering a ton more of them due to the demand. Uh, This is in an email to people that did already order it. They said they've lowered the price from the $65 that people ordered it for to $49, and they are refunding folks who've already ordered. That is just wonderful. It's great to see that. So keep an eye on the Tesla online store. Again, if if it's not there, it's probably because it's sold out again, but it was front and center when you went to shop.tesla.com when I recorded this. Finally this week, a this isn't I wouldn't call this a happy story, but I would call it a a ray of light in a in a in a in a dark cloud almost literally. And I, I don't say that jokingly, I'm being very serious. It's Tesla as as they have done before is making it easy, as easy as possible, as easy as possible for Tesla owners who are in the path or who are in the hurricane-threatened areas. It's as of the recording tonight. It, Florence has been downgraded to a tropical storm, but uh, it, you know, and the it did hit land, as all of you know. Uh, and and Tesla, in preparation for that, earlier in the week, they uh, put this notice on the center screen dashboard of owners of Tesla owners who are in the hurricane affected or hurricane, I guess hurricane threatened would be a better way to put that. So in those hurricane threatened areas, those owners saw this on their touch screens. We are temporarily enabling your car to access additional battery capacity, as well as free supercharging in preparation for hurricane Florence. We hope that this gives you the peace of mind to get to a safe location and we will notify you before returning your car to its original configuration in mid-October. Badging on your display may adjust during this period. Safe travels. So obviously not everybody got battery capacity. If you had a, you know, a 60D that was a, a, a software-locked 75, uh, um, and a 90, uh, an 85 that's a software-locked 90, uh, I think that was the only 60... I guess there was a brief run of 70s that were software locked to 75. It's you know it's it's a relatively small subset of Model S's and a few Model X's as well. There are some there was that brief run of 60D Model X's that were 75 kilowatt batteries software locked. So any of those folks saw their uh, their cars fully unlocked the, the battery capacity and then. Uh, everybody got free supercharging if they didn't already have it. So that would include all the Model 3s, certainly. Uh, you know, it's good on Tesla for, you know, at, at least removing one or two lesser concerns from what is certainly a very, very stressful and difficult situation. And when I say, I don't mean to say that getting out uh, is a lesser concern. Obviously, it's a big concern, but I mean, I mean, on a micro level, on having to worry about, oh, do I have the range? And, oh, I'll have to pay for supercharging. And is my credit card on file with, you know, is everything updated on my My Tesla when you're trying to get your family out of a, of a you know, potential evacuation situation? So that's what I'm talking about. Good on Tesla for for just removing those those two, you know, potential concerns for people. And, you know, I know it's, as of recording this, it has been downgraded to a, uh, a tropical storm, but their fatalities have been reported in this. I, I just want to say I, I wish nothing but good health and, and safety 
to all of you and all everyone that's not hearing this to just everybody that that's in Hurricane Florence's path. Well, I hate to end on kind of a down note like that, but that is it's a good thing. It's you know Tesla Tesla doing the right thing. I guess that's really what what the point is. Tesla did the right thing. Once again, they've done it before, so it's good to see them continue to do uh, to continue to do the right thing. That does it for the Tesla news this week. I've got plenty of calls lined up for you, as always. You guys always call in with good stuff. That's the Ride the Lightning hotline coming up next, and then after that, I'll just uh, spend a few minutes talking about my recent Spirit of Adventure adventures. So stay tuned for all of that right after this. Time for the Ride the Lightning Hotline as Daisy the Boxer Puppy drinks up behind me. If you've got a question, comment, or discussion topic for the podcast, I would love to hear from you. You can call me in one of two pretty easy ways. Either use your smartphone's built-in voice recorder to record a message. Please try to keep it to a minute, minute and a half tops. That'd be great. It'd be super helpful. And email that file to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. Or you can just call in and leave a message on the Ride the Lightning hotline anytime, 24-7. It's a toll-free number, and it's 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-TSLA. And of course, that means if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, flubbed it, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. I want to start with our friend Michael from Milbray, who calls in response to the Bay Bridge autopilot problem that I talked about uh, two or three shows back with the sunlight coming down through like the slats in the bridge uh, to confuse the heck out of autopilot. So he has some thoughts and a potential... A really interesting way to, to, to think about this. So, Michael, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan. It's Michael from Milbray. I was thinking about the problem that you had last week with the light shining through the Bay Bridge, confusing the autopilot. And I realized that with uh, the firmware 9 coming out, one of the things that they said is going to happen is it'll, it'll know what lane you're in. For that to work, they have to have HD mapping with knowledge uh, sort of implicitly about which lane you're in, where the lanes are, and where you are relative to the road. Having all of that should make it easy to ignore lane markings that shouldn't be there, or on the other end of the spectrum, should make it easy to know where the car should be even without any lane markings. So hopefully, uh, you know, once 9 comes out, uh, they'll be able to use this technology to avoid that issue and allow autopilot to work on a lot more roads. So we'll see. That is a really, really fantastic point, Michael. Thank you for calling in and pointing that out. I'm no engineer, but you are seemingly right. Drive to Nav must have an extra level of knowledge up its sleeve somewhere, and hopefully it could help alleviate that problem that I encountered by adding an additional layer of knowledge to the car, to the radar, and to the cameras. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to test out once that functionality arrives in V9. Uh, and at least I know exactly 
where and when <laughs> to go uh, in order to test it out. So uh, that'll be that'll be interesting to follow up on later. Thanks again. Next up is Matarshan from Toronto. Uh, he is dreaming big, and he's got some questions about about how to best get there. So Matarshan, you're on the air. Hey Ryan, this is Matarshan calling from Toronto. Hope you're having an amazing time with the spread of adventure. So I'm 22 years old right now. I'll be ordering my first ever Tesla, which is going to be the Model 3, beginning up next year as my 23rd birthday gift for myself. Uh, I'm saving up money vigorously right now. I'll be getting the dual motor with the long range battery, premium upgrade, aero wheels, white interior, and the white multi-card. God, that's a mouthful. Anyways, um, I also live in an apartment, so charging is going to be difficult, but I will have to talk to my uh, tenants about it. I will let you know later. And uh, can you finance the Model 3 through Tesla if you're under 25? I'm not too sure about it. I checked their website. I didn't see anything um, regarding financing for under ages or anything. So I'm not too sure. I would love to know your opinion. And also, I really want to know how often do you charge your Model 3? Once every two days, every four days, or do you charge it regularly? And finally, the Tesla pickup truck. When do you think it's going to happen how much is gonna cost i would love to hear your suggestions and opinions thank you for this awesome podcast i listen to it every week this is awesome keep up the great work i'll talk to you later hi matursian and wow lots to cover here so let's get right to it the last time the pickup was really mentioned by elon it might have been the the shareholder meeting in June, if I remember correctly. I talked about it then. And based on all the crazy features that Elon was talking about with it, including its range, I had said, and I certainly still believe, that it that, that thing is going, I think it's going to start out as a six-figure vehicle. And I'm talking Canadian pricing and U.S. pricing. I think that is a at least a $100,000 vehicle when it first hits the market. And you know, yeah, I think eventually it'll get a bit cheaper as they ramp it up and figure out what it's really going to be and what the market really wants. But I think it's going to be expensive at the at, at the onset. Timing-wise, it seems like it's going to be the next big project after Model Y. So I think that thing is probably five years away. To answer your question about my charging habits, uh, it's I don't think anybody's asked, so I'm, uh, I'm happy to talk about this. I'm very lucky that I have a pretty short commute, though it is through annoying city traffic and on crappy city roads, which uh, makes things a little rougher. But in any case, I am fortunate that it's fairly short. So uh, I've been plugging in my car every other night uh, instead of instead of every night. And I also just switched over to the to the electric vehicle rate plan with my utility company. Uh, so that means I also started using scheduled charging, which, by the way, could not be simpler. Whether the cable is plugged in or not, your charging cable, you just go into the charging menu, and it's literally you just touch a button, scheduled charging, set whatever time you want, 
and it remembers that. So you don't have to set it every single time. You set it once, and if you ever wanna change the time or turn it off, then you go in and adjust it, but otherwise it is done. So uh, the car starts charging for me at 11 p.m. because that's when the rates drop for the, for the EV rate plan. So there you go, there's that. Uh, as for your primary question about financing at your age, I unfortunately don't know. I have to, I, I don't wanna pretend to, to, like I know something I don't. I'm not sure here. So what I would do, I think your best bet is to consult with your local Tesla store. Since you're in Toronto, you've got one nearby, so that's great. Uh, so I would speak to them, explain your situation, talk to a sales advisor, and, uh, and see what they say. Also, your mileage may vary, but I ended up getting a better rate through a credit union than what, than what Tesla was offering. So I would at least recommend that you do your due diligence and get several quotes from a bank, credit union, uh, maybe one or two of each of those, plus Tesla themselves. That's, uh, I think you, you'd, be, you'd be doing yourself a good service to explore all those options. So good luck to you, and uh, hey, happy early birthday, by the way. Next up, we've got Stefan from Monterey, who is a bit concerned about what's been going on at Tesla. I talked about those executive, the executive team turnover earlier. So, uh, Stefan, you're on the air. Hi, Ryan. It's Stefan from Monterey, California. I'm writing you on Friday. I don't know if this will make it into this week's podcast or not, but it's pretty current information and I really would appreciate your feedback. Um, I'm very concerned with what's going on at Tesla the news today regarding another executive leaving after only a month and Elon Musk's pot smoking interview. And I'm, I'm very concerned. I'm, I'm supposed to get my VIN number on my car for my performance model three within the next two to three weeks. And I'm really considering canceling my order, which makes me very sad. I never thought I would say something like that, but, but I am considering it. I wanted to know what your thoughts are. I don't think there's a more devout yet fair, uh, you know, critic of Tesla and a fan of Tesla, but you've always given us a straight scoop as far as your thoughts go. You know, I, I, I'm going to wait a few more days, but if things keep going, I think I'm going to cancel my order and I've been waiting for a while. So just your thoughts would be appreciated. Thank you. Goodbye. Stefan, I apologize for not getting to this call last week, but as I mentioned last week, I had to cut off the Ride the Lightning calls that came in for the week because of the very interview that you mentioned in your call. Now, uh, I should note, Stefan emailed me a couple days later to say that he decided to keep his order after listening to that entire Joe Rogan interview for himself. And Stefan, I applaud that. Not the keeping the order part. Hey, that's great too. Sure, uh, I want to see Tesla succeed, and, and I think that you are going to love your car when you get it. But here's the thing. You made an informed decision. You didn't just rely on headlines or... Or, or sort of chatter with your friends. Like you went out and you sought out the information yourself. You did your own research, gathered everything with the full and proper context. I personally didn't have an issue with anything on the Rogan podcast, but I don't fault you if you do. Uh, I, I'll tell you, I would like to see Elon stop with the whole cave diver stuff. Just please don't talk about that ever again. That is not a good scenario for anyone. Um, 
I'll say, you know, not specific to that per se, but I have definitely noticed uh, in my personal life, even amongst people who don't know I'm a Tesla owner, just like other parents of other kids at my school, like, you know, there's birthday parties, there's always functions, that there has been an uptick in, again, in my anecdotal situation, but there has been an uptick in, in sort of what the heck is going on with Elon Musk conversations and comments. I'm not sure Elon cares. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. But I believe that his behavior does reflect on the company and to a lesser extent on, on Tesla owners and fans. Uh, maybe you, you might disagree. You might think I'm grossly overstating that, and that's okay. I, I, I accept that there, people will have other positions on that. But I, I do think that it would be bad for everyone, for Tesla, for Elon, for Tesla shareholders, for the automotive industry, for Tesla fans, for Tesla owners. I think it would be bad for all of those people, for everyone, if it got to the point where Tesla had to remove, they felt that they had to remove Elon from his position as CEO. Because, you know, the narrative, we live in a, in a reality now where uh, perception is reality as much or more so than facts are. And I'm not saying that, that there's truth that's being bent about Elon Musk necessarily. You know, there is a lot of fact bending going on and, and FUD pumping going on uh, about the company, but it's, you know, I just want to make clear, I'm not necessarily referencing something specific here, but perception has become reality to a large extent in our society, in my opinion, and that can eventually snowball to a place where even if that perception isn't reality, it by default becomes reality, and thus, if that, if Elon were to ever get caught up in that to an extent where it just got out of control, then then maybe it, there could come a day where the board would, wouldn't feel that they need to remove him. So I just, I don't want it to ever get to that point. So um, as for the other executive departures that you mentioned, you are certainly free to draw your own conclusions. But for me, I'll say I just don't have enough information to make a judgment about them. I know they, you might think that's a cop-out, you know, cop-out opinion on my part. But here's the thing, we don't hear from the departing people or from Tesla about those situations, really. By all accounts, I think, from, from me, from covering this company over the past number of years, in my, it seems to me that it is a really difficult company to work for, and specifically, particularly at the executive level. I think it's, it's very tough. They're a small company, they're a lean company. And, and here's the thing. Let me be clear. I'm not saying that as a criticism, necessarily. I mean, Tesla is, they are trying to do, and succeeding in, in many, many ways, trying to do game-changing things with a fraction of the resources that the other major industry players have. It is high-stress, high-payoff kind of work. It, it's a high-wire act from everything that I can see sitting here. Yes, I'm sitting from the outside. I'm not, I'm not in there. But let's hope that a lot of this, and, I, and I'm talking about the stuff that I just mentioned, is, uh, is growing pains. And I know I'm not forgiving it, 
to be clear, but I'm optimistically hoping that it's growing pains on that path to a more stable, more profitable, more successful company for everyone. Uh, I hope you get your car soon, Stefan, and I hope you love it. I really think you are going to. Thanks for that thoughtful call. Dylan from Fullerton, California is up next with a delivery story. So let's hear from Dylan. Hey, Ryan, this is Dylan from Fullerton, California. I had a pretty cool story about the delivery of my Model 3 that I hadn't uh, necessarily heard from anyone else or anyone on your podcast, so I thought I'd share it. Uh, I ordered my Model 3 a couple weeks ago. It was on a Saturday, and of course, the expected delivery was two to four months. It was just the uh, long-range rear-wheel drive version. I think five days later, I got a call telling me that the car was ready, and then a week after that, uh, they delivered the car to my front door. And one of the cool things about that was that they actually drove the car from the headquarters by a Tesla employee to my driveway. Uh, and then they had they'd scheduled a two-hour time slot with me just to talk about the car, go over the features, and then the Tesla employee Ubered back to his headquarters. So really awesome that it was delivered in a week and a half after I placed the order online. Got it delivered straight to my doorstep. Had a great experience with the the employee, and then uh, now I get this absolutely incredible car. I love it. I am just so elated with with how it has been so far. My wife and I are overjoyed. Uh, but yeah, I just thought I'd share that with you. Pretty neat experience. Thanks for the podcast and everything you do for the Tesla community. And uh, can't wait to hear more on your P3D. Thanks. First of all, Dylan, congratulations. I can hear the joy in your voice, and I love that. Uh, I have to say, I'd be beaming too, because it sounds like you were treated like royalty. I mean, that is some first-class service right there from start to finish. Uh, You'd already be in a good mood if you got the call that your wait was only going to be about two to three weeks instead of two to three months, and then on top of that, they brought it to your driveway. See, now you will tell that story, as I'm sure you have already, to all your friends and your family, and that's just going to bolster Tesla's reputation in the eyes of those friends and family. That is how great reputations are made. I hope you enjoy the car. Bruno from Toronto uh, wants to check in on the Ontario situation that's, uh, that's just kind of wrapped up over there. So Bruno, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan. Bruno from Toronto, Canada again. Uh, I want to bring up something about the uh, Canadian, or sorry, the Ontario law and uh, Tesla suing the Ontario government over the rebate, uh, discontinuation of the rebate. It brings up something. I'm, I'm very happy that they were able to get the the rebate for people that did purchase the car but it brings something up that is kind of concerning what about all the reservation holders that cancelled their orders that would have for sure got their cars before September 10th Tesla should really do something about these people because I'm sure that they lost a lot of sales and a lot of people are unhappy I'm sure some people only bought the car thinking that they could afford it because of this rebate. I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. Um, and maybe you could reach out to Elon. He looks at uh, he looks and answers all of your tweets. So maybe you could 
have some success reaching out to him. Oh, and also, by the way, um, when Jason Hughes spoke of IC, he meant instrument cluster. Um, the S and the X has the center instrument cluster, uh, heads up, as some people call it. Um, I'm sure that autopilot cars are going to get a update with V9. But uh, I wonder if pre-autopilot cars are going to see an update as well. Anyway, great podcast. Thanks for everything that you do. Take care now. First, uh, thank you for the clarification on IC. I should have known it was instrument cluster. Anyway, uh, you are right. Tesla definitely, definitely lost orders because of what happened with the Ontario government. I am no attorney, but I would think that they could try to sue Ontario for those lost sales, but there are also a number of reasons why they might choose not to do so. The most obvious one to me would be that they might not feel that they have a strong enough case. Alternatively, maybe they just don't want to invest the resources into that for what for what they might stand to get in return if they did even if they did win. For all I know though, they might still file that suit. You know, the urgent priority was obviously trying to recover as much as they could before that phase-out that happened this past week. So thank you for your call, Bruno. Much appreciated. Let's go now to Chris in Salem, Oregon. Uh, has, a, has a sort of reaction to my service experience with the cracked taillight that I thought that I told you about was kind of a, a you know, not ideal situation the way I, I felt I was treated there up front. So, Chris, what have you got? Hey, Brian, Chris in Salem, Oregon. Uh, just wanted to call about the uh, housing crack that you had in the in the back of the car. Uh, unfortunately, I, I disagree with you on it. Uh, I think that uh, that's something you have to catch at delivery, uh, or it's it's something that could happen at any time after that, and then will not be uh, a warrantable claim. Uh, at least that's been my experience in the car industry. Worked in it for for five years, and once you deliver the car, if uh, they find something later, that's not something that uh, that you know isn't a mechanical issue or covered under a, a typical bumper-to-bumper warranty. Then that is. Uh, not something that they'll replace. Uh, I totally get from the goodwill standpoint and, you know, Tesla being a, a new company to lots of people, uh, but if they went and did this on every single person that went and, and had a claim on this, uh, imagine how many things they'd be replacing. So that's it. I uh, love the show and uh, currently a Nissan Leaf driver, but waiting for the Model Y. Can't wait for that car to come out. Uh, keep up the good work. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Chris. And while I don't doubt your experiences, plenty of posts on forums in the Tesla community suggest that Tesla does have a pretty good history of taking care of things on customer cars, even after delivery. Uh if it's, if it's obviously a defect issue, like maybe like a discolored headliner or a missing trim piece or something. Uh, and now maybe that's changing with Model 3 and the production ramp going, you know, as high up as it's going compared to where it's been in the past with just S and X. And, you know, sure, I, I could have been lying 
but I wasn't. <laughs> but I mean, my point though, which, which I expressed, as I mentioned, I expressed politely and respectfully to Tesla was that they, they could have, and in my opinion, should have approached it differently. If they had just said to me, hey, can you bring it by sometime so we can take a look at it before your appointment? We need to take a look to see the area around it, make sure that this is a warrantable claim. I would have gladly accepted that. Um, I just, you know, wish they kind of would have given me the benefit of the doubt. Benefit of the doubt, said it too fast, up front. But anyway, the good news is it's done now, and hey, they took care of it, so it is all good as far as I'm concerned. Next up, our friend DJ in North Central Ohio has a challenge for me. DJ, what have you got? Hey, Ryan, DJ in lovely North Central Ohio, give me a call here. Uh, related to the spirit of adventure, of course, as everyone else has wished you congratulations on picking up spirit of adventure. I wanted to give you a challenge, though. Um, I, for a long time, have only driven the speed limit because, for multiple reasons, I've decided that I couldn't afford not to, whether that be gas mileage before I got uh, EV here or because of tickets. But that said, because of that, I know that in a Model S or my 85D, my, and in good weather, mind you, as well, my watt hours per mile efficiency usually settles in somewhere between 245 and 265 when I'm driving exactly the speed limit. On average, in, here in North Central Ohio, that's usually uh, either 65 or 75, or not 75, 65 or 70 miles per hour. So my challenge to you, Ryan, so that uh, we all can hear what the equivalent is in a Model 3, uh, is to drive the speed limit for a fairly substantial, you know, 150, 200 miles, uh, and let us know what that efficiency is. We'd love to hear it. Thanks very much for the show. Again, congratulations on the Spirit Adventure. DJ, I accept your challenge for science, but the uh, only problem is that I can't actually do any sustained highway cruising until the weekends because my commute, as I mentioned earlier on the show, is all city driving. But I will do my best this weekend, which will be by the time you hear this. And we'll see where the P3D nets out. I, I have to say, I would be shocked to see 245 watt-hours per mile. Uh, but based on my experiences so far... I think 265 is doable. I got real close to that last weekend, so we shall see. This will be it'll be fun to uh, to kind of see what what the car is capable of efficiency wise. Next up is Joel from Atlanta, who uh, I've actually got so two calls here. I'm going to play. We've got Joel from Atlanta and Keith. Both took me up on my offer. Thank you to to both of you. Those, these guys both did the autopilot trial. They didn't order it with their cars. They're doing the trial. So let's hear from Joel from Atlanta. And then immediately uh, after that, Keith in, uh, actually didn't say where Keith's from. And then I'll just reply to both of those. So gentlemen, you have the floor. Hey, Ryan, this is Joel from Atlanta. I've had my car since May 28th and I absolutely love it. I already have over 10,000 miles on it. I drove all the way across the country and back again, and it's just fantastic. I love getting in it every day. Um, I was excited to get the autopilot trial. I tried it out for a few days. I thought it was really 
great in the stop and go traffic, but I just felt like it's too much money for what you're getting. You know, it's really, like you said, the um, cruise control on steroids, but $6,000 seems like a lot, even $5,500. I would be interested in buying the adaptive cruise control if that was something that you could parcel out. Um, But right now, I I don't think I can justify the expense. And my other concern too is that I don't want to get a false sense of security. And this system, I don't think can justify the expense yet for me, Um, especially because there's still issues with it following a car in front of you. And if that car moves out of the way and there's something stopped in front of it, in autopilot, you will hit that vehicle if it's stopped or whatever it is, just like in the case of the fire trucks. And I know this sounds like FUD, but there are real articles about this and it is still a concern for me and I just think it's too easy to take it for granted that the car is in control um, and then have a glitch like that that could uh, cause serious damage. So I'm not going to do it yet, but maybe down the road when the system really improves, I will uh, bite the bullet and spend more on it. Thanks a lot for your show. It's great. Take care. Hi, Ryan. This is Keith. I just listened to your last episode regarding the autopilot, and I thought I'd call and give you my opinion. I got my Model 3 back in July, which I named Guilty Spark, by the way. I'm sure you'll get the reference. I just completed my two-week trial of the Enhanced Autopilot, and I think it has a lot of potential. I really enjoyed it in the stop-and-go traffic, which you had mentioned as well. I think that that's really where it shines for the commute and making that a lot easier and relaxed. Um... In terms of if I'm going to activate it, it's a bit pricey right now for 5500 I just spent a lot on the car this year and don't really think that I'm going to drop that, um, that additional amount right now. Um, if they had option for paying monthly installments until you hit the amount, I think that would be awesome. I might look into that. Um, I might also activate it next year after it gets some additional enhancements and Um, set some additional funding aside so we'll see but at the moment no I don't think I will Uh, anyway just thought I would give you my opinion love your podcast and everything you do at IGN as well thanks have a good day Joel and Keith thank you both for calling in with your impressions Uh, and yes Keith awesome halo themed car name there I, I love that uh, I really appreciate the measured feedback from both of you on this those are all very valid concerns I wonder if something that could come out of these autopilot trials, based on one thing that Joel said, is Tesla eventually piecemealing out adaptive cruise control if they don't get many conversions on that recently lowered $5,500 full enhanced autopilot package. I would be curious if that'll be something to keep an eye on. If that happens, I think we can look back to these autopilot trials as a catalyst for that kind of change. Let's see here. We've got, ah, one last call this week. And the honor goes to Brian in Pennsylvania, who, uh, let's see, ah, this this is the topic I really never wanted to talk about on this podcast, but it has, the news has has forced it. So uh, Brian wanted to talk about this. Let's do it, Brian. Hey, Ryan. Brian here from Pennsylvania. Uh, first time caller, um, long time listener. I've had my reservation out. I'm actually waiting on the standard battery. I'm more than happy to wait, actually, because 
budget wise it works out for that down payment uh, i'm stretching myself thin for it um and i don't want to go too thin um but anyway i'm calling to ask you a question about the okay symbol that you have for the model 3 uh wave if you will um so i don't have a model 3 obviously right now waiting on the standard battery but when i see another model 3 i get so incredibly excited and um you know i, I just have to Oftentimes, I'll point at them or give a thumbs up, but um, when I remember to, I give them the OK symbol that you noted to uh, give. And I'll even say on Facebook uh, that, per your podcast, the Rod the Lightning podcast, that, you know, people should do that. It's, it's, I think it's great. Um, but my question is, is it OK for a non-Model 3 owner to be giving that wave to another individual that is in a Model 3? Uh, be happy to hear your opinion on the matter, and um, thank you for everything you do. Uh, keep it up. Thanks. Bye. I guess I should have clarified when I was talking up Brian's call. It's not Brian's call that I didn't want to talk about. It's it's what I now have to say in response to Brian's call. But Brian, let me first say, excellent first call. Thank you. Number one, yes, it is absolutely okay for non-Model 3. Of course, you're you're part of the community the other driver might not know that, but you are just spreading positivity. I love that. However, I, this is there's just one thing that's been brought to my attention over the past week or so. Uh, and again, I, I want this podcast to be an enthusiastic, positive escape. I don't want it to be political. I don't want you have to think about anything but something you love, which is Tesla here. So let me just say this. There, there is, uh, let me just, I'll just use an adjective-free term here, a group of people here in America that I, uh, that has come to my attention are trying to co-opt the okay sign for their own use. And again, I don't want to get political in any way, even though I can't imagine anybody in my audience would disagree with me on this one, but I'm just going to say it's a group of people that I have absolutely zero, less than zero interest in being associated with in any way, shape, or form whatsoever. So again, th this is a fun podcast. I don't want to bring everybody down here. So I suppose my point is that while uh, there's not necessarily any reason to let this group have it, to take the okay sign, it's I also can't really lay claim to it. And uh, it's not worth any potential confusion is my point, I think, with uh, with what is going on in the news with, with it right now. So the acknowledgments that I was giving to other Model 3 drivers over the past week, I was going to talk a little bit more about that at the end of the show. Uh, I was I was doing thumbs ups and waves, not the not the Model 3 OK sign wave. Uh, you know, even though, hey, I, I presume California would probably be a pretty safe spot to not get misinterpreted on that, but it's, uh, it's not worth it for me. I'm taking a break from the Model 3 wave. I'm just doing a regular wave and a thumbs up. And anyway, you know, all of that, just, it, unfortunately, I'm sorry that I had to say that, but I've been hearing from a lot of listeners about it, so I did want to say something on the air. And Brian, all of that takes away from what I really want to say to you, which is this. I love your enthusiasm, that you're you're like so pumped that you would call in, first of all, call into this podcast at all. 
And second of all, say like, hey, is it okay to do it without, you know, without being an owner myself? Like, yes, yes, it is. I love your enthusiasm. Keep it up, my friend. I think it's fantastic. And I'm sorry that I have to give up on the Model 3 wave, at least for the time being. Thankfully, we have other culturally neutral <laughs> things like a regular standard wave and a thumbs up that we that uh, that will that will acknowledge and communicate my uh, enthusiasm to other Model 3 drivers. My goodness. All right. Uh, before I end this real quick, that's it for the calls, but I just wanted to acknowledge uh, Rich in Seattle. Wanted to say congratulations on delivery of your P3D. He called in this week. And then uh, another special shout out to Bill in Sterling, Virginia. Bill called me three times this week. And in, in a good way, he... he <laughs> Turns out Bill has been through one heck of a delivery ordeal. Um, I didn't have sort of time to just play his whole saga for you, but uh, I want to just, Bill, I, I hear you. I acknowledge you. Bill's had a heck of a story that should finally be ending soon in a home delivery. It hasn't happened yet as of uh, the time I'm recording the show, but he wanted to shout out, and I've got listeners all over the place, including some at Tesla, George... At the, at the Tesla store in Tyson's Corner, Virginia. Bill wanted to give George a shout-out for helping him out with his crazy delivery story that thankfully should have a, a happy-ish ending here coming up. So, Bill, I wish you the best. And, Bill, I, I would also, I would love to hear from you when you do take delivery. That would be great to sort of put the, put the, uh, the exclamation point on this thing. So... Thanks to all of you for your wonderful phone calls. Again, I would love it if you would call in with your Tesla questions, comments, discussion topics. If you want to reply to something I said, something someone else on on the Ride the Lighting Hotline said, I uh, love this part of the show. So again, use your smartphone's built-in voice recorder, record me a minute, minute and a half call, and send it to teslapodcast at gmail.com or Call anytime, 24-7, and leave a message on the Ride the Lightning hotline. That toll-free number one more time is 1-888-989-8752. Be right back to talk about my adventures in the Model 3 from this past week, as well as do the plugs. Some final thoughts for you right after this. Before I go, I wanted to tell you a little bit about what I got up to in my Model 3 last week, the Spirit of Adventure, as I have named it. I went for a drive, if you're familiar with the Bay Area, down Highway 1, the Pacific Coast, as and, uh, did a, and down to Highway uh, 84, which stretches across. It's down, I guess 84 is down near kind of uh, like Palo Alto-ish, I guess, kind of a, well, Woodside. Anyway, um, it's... So I, I went, I cruised south down Highway 1 out of San Francisco on autopilot, and it's one lane each way. So I'm just cruising down autopilot, beautiful day, sun was out, and what I wanted to share with you is that I saw a total of seven other Model 3s, and what did I do? I regular waved at all of them. I was waving at people because I was, I'm, I'm just feeling good, man. Like this, I was out doing exactly 
what I've been daydreaming of doing for years. Like, oh, when I finally get the car, I can take it out and cruise down the highway, the Pacific Coast Highway next to the ocean. And just, and yeah, so like, I'm just, you know, I just wanted to just, just embrace the moment, man. It's like, that's, this is what it's all about. And so, you know, I'm in a great mood. And yeah, so if I, I started seeing Model 3s, and I just, I started waving at them. And because, why not, right? <laughs> why not? And I have to tell you, three of them waved back when I waved. And the last one of those seven, which was a beautiful white Model 3, uh, the, the driver and front seat passenger may have actually beaten me to waving. I think they, they might have waved first. They were, uh, they were like waving frantically at me from the, uh, the, the front seats. It was great. And I waved back. It was fantastic. And because here's the thing, every time, so of those uh, th- going three for seven there on, on returned waves, you know how it made me feel when I got the wave back? I know this, this, may, this may sound silly to you, and that's fine. I, I, you know, I'm very open on this podcast about the fact that the things I feel and like and do may not be normal. And they may, you may think they're dumb and that's okay. I I don't mind. You know, I put this out there and it's, if you want to goof on it and you want to laugh at me from the comfort of your car or home, wherever you're listening to this, you're welcome to do it. But I will tell you with, with true sincerity, when people would wave back at me, when the other Model 3 owners would wave back at me, it made me feel awesome. I love, it made me feel so good. Like it, I was already in a good, good mood and it just made me feel great. And so I'll tell you, I am going to continue waving at other Model 3s when I see them, even though they're going to be everywhere soon, even, even more so than they already are here in the Bay Area or, you know, t- down in, in Tesla's backyard. And you know why uh, I'm going to keep waving at them? It's because of this. I thought about this after that drive. It's because the Tesla community is only going to be what we make of it. And I want to keep waving at people joyously to say hi to my fellow Tesla community members because if if I can make somebody, a fellow Tesla driver, feel good by waving at them, by like acknowledging them, say, hey, and, you know, even if they don't wave back, if they, if it, if, but if it makes them feel as good as it made me feel when people waved back, well, that's a joy that I would love to, to just spread. Why not? I mean, th- this community is only what we make of it. And it's a great community already. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say otherwise. So um, I am going to keep waving and doing thumbs ups. And then uh, on 84, so if again, if you're familiar, most of you aren't because the, the listeners are everywhere. I know I've got some Bay Area people, but... On 84, I was just chilling out. It's, again, one lane each way, but it's it's almost like literally part of it's kind of farm country where you're just driving by farms and it's beautiful. And then it gets into these very twisty, um, almost kind of like a forest situation. It's really, 84 is wild because it's, it's, you're so close to the city and to the, the <laughs> civilization, but it's like you're totally in the wilderness in a, in a number of ways. So it's just a fun drive, but it's super curvy. It's just a lot of curves. The, the lim- speed limit's like 30, 35 through the whole thing because of how curvy it is, one lane each way. So I'm just chilling out, going through those curves because I've been on one, on Highway 1 with autopilot, but it literally, it just like clicked. It just dawned on me. I was like, wait a minute. 
I'm in an all-wheel drive performance car with a supercar-like low center of gravity. Why am I just why am I just dilly-dallying through this? So I started taking the twisties with a, shall we say, a little more spirit in the spirit of adventure. And I, I want to be clear here. I was being extraordinarily cautious because if you're familiar with that road, uh, you have to be very careful. There are there are cyclists that, that, that are out uh, that you need to share the road with, and there is no room on the shoulder. So you, you do need to be very careful. But I have to say, it was awesome. Once I started, once I kind of, you know, got on it a little bit, just got, you know, got into the spirit of things a little bit more. It was a fantastically fun drive. And what was cool was, because I've done that drive uh, in my previous car, my Infinity, and I had done that drive many times in the DeLorean too, back when I had that. And the DeLorean's a fun car to drive. It's it's low, it's wide, obviously it's, you know, but it's all the weights in the back, it's 65, uh, 35 up front, 65 uh, weight balance rear Anyway, you know, in a Tesla, 50-50, weight balance, battery pack, you know, weights in the floor, all-wheel drive, performance, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a different animal. And what was cool, part of it being a different animal, is I was able, I single-pedal drove all of Highway 84, all of the 84, because, you know, as the, you'd have to slow going into the curves, especially the blind curves, uh, and I was just able to lift my foot up and the car would slow down. I don't think I touched the brake at all. Like, it was awesome. It was just, I did the whole thing with one foot. Super fun. If you're in the Bay Area, just either way, like, go down 280 and then take 84 to the 1 or the other way. You know, go down 1 to the 84 and, and take it. It is a super fun drive. Uh, and to, a, uh, I guess, an opening salvo to DJ from North Central Ohio's challenge, I did a total of 80-something miles. I love that the, the the Teslas show you just exactly what you've done since your last charge. It's a really good way to see like what you've done that day. So I did 80-something miles, and I got 267 watt-hours per mile, which comes out to about 280 miles of range. Again, if we're assuming a 75-kilowatt-hour usable pack in the Model 3. So I think that's pretty darn good for the performance with the, those 20-inch wheels that I've got. So that, that amounts to about a 10% hit uh, from the EPA, official EPA range, if you're, if you're rocking the 20s. So uh, there you go, DJ. There's your first, first data point for this. I'll see what I can do this weekend and, and into next week. But uh, those were that was, that was a fun day with the, with the P3D last weekend, and I'm uh, hoping to do some more driving this weekend. Brings us to the end of the podcast. Want to give some plugs here, as always. A reminder that abstractocean.com has a ton of great Tesla accessories. Again, I'd call them their specialty lighting kits, improved lighting kits, uh, better, brighter LEDs for the interior. I think they may even have them for the exterior on like the, over the bumper, the, pardon me, the license plate rather. So, you know, footwell lights, the puddle lights where you can get the, you know, SX3 or Tesla T logos shining down like the bat signal onto the ground underneath, you know, any or all of your doors. They got uh, tempered glass screen protectors for Model 3, all that stuff. And I say all this because 
They've got a coupon code. As you know, if you've been listening to the podcast, you hear this every week, but it's always worth mentioning. 15% off of your first order. All you got to do is use the coupon code RTLPODCAST. That's all one word for that coupon code, RTLPODCAST, to get 15% off of your first order. Meanwhile, at Immaculate Reflections, he did a, Jeff did a, a number on my car. I'm super stoked about it. Uh, so I can, yeah, like I said, yes, we had uh, an arrangement. He gave me a discount in exchange for all these plugs that I give him every week. But I, you know, you guys, hopefully I've cultivated a relationship of honesty with you. I'm being honest when I say uh, he did great work and just honest, sincere work. Uh, he's, I, I'm going back for a follow-up pretty soon to take out uh, you know, just it's inevitable that little little air bubbles will hit here and there in the film, like in just all kinds of crazy. Well, not all kinds, but just in little spots here and there that you won't even see at first. And he he has a method for taking those out. So you get the follow up appointment, which I'm going to be doing soon. So whether you want to do a paint protection film or whether you want to do ceramic coating, which, like I said, is like the a wax on steroids that lasts for three to five years. Whether you want paint correction on your new Tesla, uh, any of that, all of it, whatever you want to do, look them up. The website is irdetailing.com. You can also see uh, some of Jeff's work on Instagram and Yelp at uh, those websites slash, in, uh, sorry, immaculate, blanked out for a second, immaculate underscore reflections. So there is that. Patreon. Uh, I'm on there. If you enjoy the podcast and you see fit to support it via Patreon, I would be extremely grateful. And uh, there's just there's plenty of information there, different tiers, different rewards. But as always, of course, the show is going to come to you as it always has every Sunday, 9 a.m. Eastern time. But there are a few little extras as a as sort of a thank you if you do support me. On Patreon, if if you again, if you get a lot out of this podcast, informative, entertaining, I hope. So check it out if you wouldn't mind. Patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Patreon.com slash Tesla Podcast. Uh, the referral code. So free unlimited lifetime supercharging is over as of the published date of this podcast, but you can still refer if you use the referral code. You'll still get a year's worth with your new SX or Performance Model 3 order. So you still get something good. Why not? If you're buying a car, use it. Use a code, and I would be grateful if you'd use mine. My code is Ryan73014. So either give that to your sales advisor, or if you're ordering online, type this into your browser, ts.la slash Ryan73014, that will take you to a Tesla landing page where you can then configure an S, an X, or a Performance Model 3, which again are the, the vehicles that are that are eligible for this supercharger perk. And if you're ordering the, if you want to buy one of the Jada wireless charging pads for Model 3 that I've talked about, uh, please, this again, full transparency. Uh, if you wouldn't mind, there's no discount here, I'm afraid, but if you use my URL, uh, they'll give me a couple of bucks from the sale. So, uh, you know, it's up to you. No, obviously no pressure here. Uh, but if you, if you 
want to support me, you know, you can throw a couple bucks my way that way if you happen to be buying the pad anyway. So use the URL getjada.com, G-E-T-J-E-D-A, getjada, G-E-D-A, boy, I'm, I'm losing it. I've been talking too long. Getjada.com slash R-E-F, as in referral, R-E-F slash eight. So getjada.com slash R-E-F slash eight. Finally, uh, well, I guess, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter if you want, at DMC underscore Ryan. You'll get some Tesla stuff on there. It is going to be mostly video game. Well, there's video game stuff. There's some Daisy pictures. There's some some sports stuff. That's sort of my general account. But Tesla-specific stuff, again, the thing I don't advertise except to you guys, the Spirit of Adventure Adventures are chronicled on Instagram, and it's the same thing. I'm uh, DMC underscore Ryan on there. And if you just want dog pictures, well, Daisy the Boxer Puppy's got an Instagram uh, which like I said, I just I use it to chronicle her life, much like I used Twitter because that was before Instagram. I used Twitter to chronicle Maggie's life, which I was. I'm really glad that I have that living online archive now. And so I'm I'm doing the same thing for Daisy, but with Instagram. So she is inst- on Instagram as Daisy the Boxer Puppy. If you if you just want to see some puppy pictures, uh, that about wraps it up. I want to say thank you on the way out to. The Patreon producers, these extra kind souls are supporting me at the producer tier, which means in addition to some other perks, they get their names mentioned at the end of each show. So Paul Hussey, DJ Harbaugh, Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassiopo, David Brander, Jonathan Wales, Alexi Heft, Logan Willis, Matthew Para, Michael Lester, Robert Maracle, Jason Chalukas, Emotion Rentals, Tim Hyde, Marcus Mayenshine, Lee Sweet, Lars Hoffman, Peter Chalet, Harold Plug, Kenneth Martin, Michael Callahan, Rome Strack, David Vakil, Ulrich Lassa, Luke A., Eric Randolph, David Nondahl, Luke Miles, Stefan Joris, Gabriel Salais, Jerry and Mary Smith, Ketafuki, Brian Hope, Rick Sinta, Bill Royko, Scott Gillis, Lyle Austin, Joel Sapp, JC at ev-alliance.co.uk, otherwise known as Cookie UK and EV Wraps. Thank you all so, so much for your continued support on Patreon. You can subscribe to the podcast, meaning it just downloads to you every week. It's not a subscribe for money thing. Uh, you can subscribe either via iTunes, uh, Google Play, although again, like I mentioned last week, Google Play seemingly been having some some trouble lately. Google Podcasts is their new podcast app uh, that, that uh, I'm told is pretty good and more reliable. There's uh, Stitcher you can get the show on, TuneIn, which of course is in the Tesla, it's in the car, Spotify, I'm on there, or uh, YouTube, Just it's just the audio of the show, there's no video, uh, but all the audio episodes are up there. And then there's the hosting site where you can grab individual MP3s and or pick up the RSS feed, if that's your style, you can find that at teslapodcast.libsyn.com. For a now sleeping Daisy the Boxer puppy, I'm Ryan McCaffrey. Thank you so much for donating a good hour, almost and a half, I think, of your time this week is what this is going to net out being. Sincerely appreciate your time because it is really our most valuable resource. You can't buy more. You can never replace it. So thank you for choosing to spend some of it with me every week. 
and happy electric motoring, and I'll see you next week. I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. <laughs> That's what it's meant to be. Well, our goal is to make it's it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. Mm. Make it's maximum fun.